We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So now we're going to move into the defensive keys and this one, this one's really interesting, Brian, because I kind of coined it as this, when I'm talking about the Duke offense in general, just kind of like a pure overview is that they are an interesting offense. They present some unique matchups is the best Mm -hmm. way I put it, you know, athletic quarterback wide receiver room. That's a little bit smaller, but they can create some like easy separation, really good offensive line. It's just a very unique offense, man, because I think, I mean, some of the numbers that I look at with this team, especially offensively, is like some stuff's not super impressive. I, I think Rodney Leonard has two touchdown passes so far this year, and there's like, just like a lack of explosiveness that's been kind of working in the Duke offense overall. Running game, I think, is a little bit feast or famine, and they really have kind of needed Rodney Leonard to be that guy to make some things, some magic happen. So, I mean, just kind of like overview is that Duke has some – they present challenges uniquely to me of Notre Dame, but I, I think, I think Notre Dame has a good chance to have a good week against them, but there definitely are some huge keys in this yeah. game because I think that Duke is just a very different offense than what we've yeah. played so far this season. If you're Notre Dame, the key number one, Ryan is kind of comes down to the most intriguing matchup that Duke has. There's some nice players at Duke. There are. I like we've talked about the receiving core. They got a good solid receiving core. For Duke, it's a good receiving core. Jalen Calhoun and uh, Jalen yes, Moore and those yes. kids. They're, yeah, they're good players. players, but they're kind of one note guys. Right. And they're all kind of the same. They're all kind of yeah. the same type of football yeah. player. Agree. They're not guys that are just going to go out there and rip up this secondary. They're just yep. not. Their running backs are good solid runners. They got two kids that are good out of the backfield. They were Matter of fact, they actually hurt Clemson more out of the backfield than they did as pure runners. They had a couple nice runs on Clemson, but it was most most of the stuff, the wheel routes and stuff out of the backfield. Their offensive line is veteran. They play well together. I said in the show yesterday, they remind me a lot of the Michigan unit from two years ago. They're not as talented as that group, but like there's no star. Like there's no first round draft pick. There's no Joe Alt. It's just a there's there's the one really good veteran who's more about technique and experience than he is about just raw punishing god-given ability it's just four it's five older players graham barton's the youngest he's a senior the rest are graduates i know and they just play well together you know and and but it really comes down to if you can contain riley leonard 
this team is going to have a hard time scoring. And 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 if you look at the the Clemson game, what what allowed Duke to kind of get rolling? It was a third and three near midfield, just inside of of, of midfield. And you have a stop where you your linebacker comes free. He's got Riley Leonard dead to rights. He hits him, bounces off. 44 yards later, Riley Leonard's in the end zone, and Duke just took a lead. Sure. Clemson had the momentum. They had scored late in the first half. They were about to make a – I think it was the first drive of the second half, I believe, Ryan, for Duke. And they just took it all away because you couldn't you couldn't stop Riley Leonard on a play where you had him. And that kind of ties into – to you know to me, points one and two go together, Ryan, because one way to beat – to stop Riley Leonard or to contain Riley Leonard is you've got to be sound – You've got to be gap sound. You've got to tackle well. You can't have blown coverages. You can't let those receivers get free because you didn't handle a mesh well or a levels well, and you just let a guy run free. That's what killed Clemson. It was those mis- It was turning a back loose on a wheel route. It was turning a receiver loose over the middle where you didn't cover the mesh well. It was missing Riley Leonard in space. It was a bad gap fit that allowed that running back to, on that one cutback run. You you just vacated a backside gap, and he just cuts it backside and doesn't get touched. You know, and and you've got to you've got to play sound football, because yep. Notre Dame has the athletes to keep Riley Leonard in check to a degree. They just sure. they have to play sound football. He's got to make his plays, Ryan. He's too good not to make his plays, but you've yep. got to be sound and not let the other guys beat you, and that's going to make it easier to keep him in check, in my opinion. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So for Duke's offense, I don't think there's any player offensively that I would call dynamic outside of Riley Leonard, in my opinion. Like Jordan Waters is a good running back, good downhill kid. If you make a mistake in a gap, he can create a good play. Jalen Calhoun is your kind of short slot receiver that can – Create some easy underneath separation, but like the more further you get down the field, the less effective he becomes. It's kind of the same thing with Jordan Moore and a couple of those other receivers that they have. Riley Leonard's the playmaker. I mean, he is. He's the guy. And it's funny because I think that, you know, the the preconceived notion sometimes of people is that you see Riley Leonard as a 6'4", white quarterback, and you immediately go, that kid's probably a pocket passer, right? And it's like, he can do that. But also, guys, 
the kid was a really, really good high school basketball player. He's a legitimate athlete, man. Like oh, he yeah. can move. I guarantee he runs in the four sixes whenever he comes out of college to go into the NFL. Like he's and he's quick he's too, right? Really he's not athlete. just fast, but he's very elusive. He's very he's shifty. Long strides too, yeah. man. He can eat up some grass. That kid is the one where if you if you ask me who's the one kid that you can't let beat you dynamically, right? A guy that can create a big play. It's Riley Leonard for Duke. Like, it's yep. easy. I mean, we've seen it. We literally saw against Clemson. You hadn't did the rights. You miss a tackle or two, and then he's off to the races for a 40-plus-yard touchdown. He and and there, was a, there was a couple plays where he throws the ball away on plays where it should have been sacks. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's that very type much of stuff, like, too. You know what it reminds me of, Brian? You remember in 2018 when they played Clemson in the playoff where it was like Trevor Lawrence, I don't think, ran them much against against um, Notre Dame that day. But how many sacks should they have had on Trevor Lawrence oh, yeah. that day? And he just kept shaking off and getting out of the pocket. You're just like, dang, man, so close. Caleb Williams last year, another yes. example, where they should have had seven sacks on Caleb Williams last year. And I think they had yes. like one, <laughs> you know. Let, Riley presents that. You off, well, man. He and the thing I like about him too, Ryan, is he, he he's played well against the better teams this season right yep. i mean he in in against lafayette he has 13 rushing yards no touchdowns against connecticut four four carries 30 yards one touchdown not, not doesn't do a whole lot clemson eight carries 98 yards a touchdown northwestern 13 carries 97 yards and two touchdowns yes. you go back to last year against ucf in the bowl game 10 carries 63 yards two touchdowns Yep. You know, uh, Miami led, last year. He led him in rushing last year. He almost had 700 yeah. yards last yeah. year. Yeah, against uh, Miami last year, that big road win. Uh, he had three rushing touchdowns, 61 yards rushing. at 130 in a, in a very competitive loss to North Carolina uh, last season. So in, in the games where they've needed this kid to, to put this team on his shoulders, he's shown the ability to do that, and you cannot let him do that. Because if you can contain him, it's this – I mean, it really is this simple. You keep him in check, Duke has no chance in this game, in my opinion. None. None. Now, the thing is, that's easy to say, easy strategy, pulling it off, not that that, easy. That's why dual threats are so unique and so fundamentally just chaotic at times, right? Where it's just like, they are hard to stop, man. As a defensive coordinator, it's like stopping a kid that's a run-throw option like a Riley Leonard, it's not easy, man. It's not because they can just stress you in so many different ways, but... You're absolutely right. If you are able to contain him and to limit his impact, especially with his legs in this game, I think they could have a little bit of a long day offensively. I think that Notre mm-hmm. Dame could potentially do that. But it, uh, guys, again, Riley Leonard is hes one of those guys that could kill a defensive game plan at times. Yeah. It's like we're in a great position. We got everybody right. And then you miss a tackle and then you are your own worst enemy. And then he creates a big play. Don't let him be the backbreaker in this game. Yeah. Don't let Riley Leonard break your back, get in good position. And one thing Notre Dame has struggled with at times, I thought they were a little bit better against Ohio state, but like they have missed some tackles this year overall. Right. And Riley Leonard is one of those guys that if you miss tackles, it's not going to be great because he's going to create some big plays. Again, go watch the Clemson game against Duke in the first game of the season. He was able to make a, a few big plays with his legs in that game. I mean, this is a kid that can do a lot of great things with his legs, but he's also not a runner's player either, which is a great thing, right? Is that Duke will utilize him in a little bit of quarterback run game stuff. Like he'll run some power read, he'll run some zone read, but also he'll kill you with his legs outside of structure. He's still exactly. a pocket passer who also has the ability to run. This isn't just a run quarterback. I think pro football focus has his stats about almost 50-50. His 238, it's almost 50-50 what's designed runs and what's scrambles this season. It's almost 
I'd have to actually go back and look. I'm curious as what his numbers were last year because they're also smart, Ryan, with how they use him from this, yeah. this standpoint. They won't use him as a dominant runner when they're playing somebody that's not good. Like, have, have you noticed you? that? Like, why would, I thought, well, why would you want to get him hurt against right, a team that doesn't right. matter? He only right? had five exactly. carries against North Carolina A&T last year. You know, that that's an example. He didn't run the ball a ton in some other games. It, but when when it's a big game, they will absolutely use him in that type of situation. And I'm actually going to pull up his uh, – I'm very curious to see what his rushing numbers were last year uh, from uh, splitting it between what were design yards. and Yeah, so he had uh, – Pro Football Focus has him last year as having – rushed for let me let's see here it's um i think that's scramble yards just making sure yes so last year he had 335 yards rushing on scrambles and 441 yards rushing on designed runs last season so you know it's it that's what makes him hard to keep in to keep in check this year he's 127 on scrambles and 106 on design but that part of that's because they just didn't use him at all in the run game against lafayette and and um, UConn, hard, a little bit against UConn, but I mean, he had four carries, they had a couple, right. couple design runs, but n- nothing really. It was just, you know, it was a couple scrambles. But this year, it's, it's. I think the forty-four yard run against North against Clemson, I believe that was a scramble. I believe it was a. a it I'd was. have to go back and look. I think it was a pass. I think it was. I think it I'd was. Have to go yeah. back and I'm like, as soon as I thought it, I was like, um, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that one again. But. uh you got to keep him maintained and it's be sound, you know, don't let them convert a third down. Cause you didn't tackle a guy. You had a guy in your sights, two yards, you know, short of the sticks and you hit him and he bounces off and, you know, yeah. you lose contain on Riley Leonard and, and all those type of things. You just, you can't allow them to beat you. Cause they're not, they're not good enough across the board to beat you. If you don't, if you don't give them yards, make them earn it. Like they did against Ohio. If they play defensively, like they did against Ohio state last week, they'll win convincingly in my opinion. Agreed. I'm adding a, a key point, a key to victory, Ryan, that I did not, that I did not say to you, and it ties in with the one that we did discuss, sure. and it ties in. It, it, it's kind of like the 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 glue that brings the first two together and the fourth, the last one. The, the last one that you and I talked about before the show was they got to shut down a run game. That they are not good, and it ties into Riley Leonard and all that. They're not good enough. I broke this down yesterday. They're not good enough to just throw for 350 yards on the secondary. They're not, there's past their name teams that this group could have given problems. This secondary, uh, especially a a cornerback, they're, they're too good. You're just not going to go out there and throw for 300 plus yards. If Notre Dame plays sound football, right. If they Mm -hmm. play their game, they can do that. If Notre Dame's undisciplined and not doing what they need to do, of course, but if Notre Dame plays their game, they're locked in, they're playing hard, they're doing their job. They're, they're not going to be able to do that. You've got to stop them from running the ball. You've got to stop their running backs. They can't have any running back success. You can't give up like the long. You can't shut Ohio State down. You can't do what you did like against Ohio State where you shut them down, shut them down, shut them down, 61-yard touchdown. You can't do that. Well, they did a great job. They held Ohio State to 126 yards. Yeah, but they gave up a 61-yard touchdown. And if they don't do that, who knows what how, does, how that game goes. Maybe Ohio State only gets a field goal on that drive. Maybe they don't get anything on that drive. You know, and then Notre Dame went down and scored on the next series. Well, maybe it's seven to three instead of ten to nothing, or ten to three. That kind, of, ten to seven, that kind of thing. You got to be disciplined. You got to shut down the run game. The other thing too, and this ties into the Riley Leonard and the run game conversation, is Notre Dame's lack of disruptions this season is concerning. And and I know Coach Freeman saying all the right things, and I don't care about sacks. And you know who else doesn't care about sacks, Ryan? This guy. But. When your entire metrics for for evaluating if you're disruptive or not are subpar, then 
it's a problem. And, and so I'm not someone who looks at sacks and says they rank 112th in sacks. So that means no pass rush. Well, it's one thing to rank 40th in sacks because you're not, you know, you're not a big sack team, but you're real high on passes, defense and interceptions and tackles for loss. That's fine. But they're 112th on. That's bad. I don't care. There's no spin for that in sacks per game. There's no spinning that. Right. But it's it's tackles for loss that rank 130th. Right. If you look at passes defensed so far this season for Notre Dame, they're they're pretty good there. Right. That, that, that they're 26 there. But that a lot of that has to do with the fact that you're kind of really loaded at that position. And you've also done a lot of that success has come against teams that just aren't very good. If we're going to be completely honest with you about it, you know, Notre Dame has has 21 pass breakups on the season. And, you know, the hurries, they, they rank, you know, 25 hurries on the season. Ten of them came against Tennessee State. You know, five forced fumbles on the or seven forced fumbles on the season. No fumble recoveries. You're not a super disruptive team right now. Other than passes defense because you have an elite secondary or elite cornerback rotation, you're you're not a real disruptive team. You rank low on tackles for loss. You rank low on turnovers. You rank, 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 rank low on sacks. You haven't recovered a fumble yet this season. They've got to be more disruptive. They've got to put Duke in more second and longs, third and longs than they have other teams. They've just it's got to be more disruptive. You can't be a team that ranks in the 100s, Ryan, through five games in sacks and tackles for loss. Because imagine what this secondary could do, Ryan, with breakups and interceptions if you were actually disruptive in your front. And so they're going to have to find a way that's disruptive that's not just what they've been doing, which is let's just keep doing the same thing. Did I? Did you hear? Did you get a chance to watch yesterday's show? I know you were really busy yesterday. Did you get a chance to watch it all yesterday's show? Not not all of it. No. So here was that. a stat that I had, man, and yeah. um, that I just thought was was wild. So this is this is using pro football focused data, which you and I have both agreed is they're mm-hmm. pretty good at the data collection part of it. Agree. But if you look at the the number of pass rushes that the Notre Dame Notre Dame Notre Dame I can't believe I accidentally did that slip up Notre Dame linebackers have had this season uh mm-hmm. they've had uh Maris Lewis had 49 pressures or pass rushes excuse me JD Bertrand has 28 Jack Kaiser has 19 okay and Jalen Sneed has 20 so yeah. Notre Dame has blitzed a linebacker 116 times. Now, some of those are two guys blitzing at the same time. Sure. And in that period, they have gotten a total of 11 hits on the quarterback. 12, excuse me, 12. Mm-hmm. Either hits or sacks on the quarterback. So, like, that's a like, what, one every 10? One every nine? times you blitz, you're getting a hit on the quarterback. That's a really bad success rate when it comes to getting home on linebacker pressures. So yep. here's a thought. Maybe you don't do that all the time as much because now teams know it's coming and their entire protection scheme is built around that. They're going to have to find some other answers to be disruptive, Ryan, because you can't be this undisruptive and beat USC and beat Georgia and beat Washington and beat Texas and those type of teams if you're able to get them down the road. You just, you just can't, in my opinion. It's kind of wild to think about how good Notre Dame's defense has been when you consider the fact that they don't create a lot of negatives. Isn't that weird? Because yes. like you could say, like, yeah, beat up on some bad teams, but like you just held Ohio State to 17 points as well. Right. So like it wasn't like it hasn't been against right. no good teams. You know what I mean? Right. So uh yeah, man. I I, I think that for me it's like it, can I let me 
the the question is, Ryan, is this is to me, it's not sustainable. As the schedule ramps up, it's not sustainable to be this effective when you're not disruptive. And, and again, the perfect example is the Ohio State game. Yep. Even with the, the third and 19 that came off the intentional grounding, you still allowed them to convert third and 10, fourth and seven, third and 19, because in when it really mattered most, you couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. Sure. And that's, to me, that's the thing. And and, I, and even though you shut down Ohio State, they still had, what, three drives end in Notre Dame territory with no points? They were a lot like Notre Dame. They moved the ball. They just couldn't put it in the end zone. I, I think what really makes it unsustainable, in my opinion, is the fact that you haven't been a great tackling team, right? If you were a team that is just trying to keep everything in front of you and blitzing, it can work if you're really good in space, right? Where you don't miss a ton of tackles because you're just, it's like the the Brandon Staley when they when he was with the LA Rams and now he's with the Chargers. Like that was his philosophy, right? Like we're going to keep everything in front of us and we're just going to try to be disruptive, but nece- not necessarily, it's a bend but don't break type of system. But if Notre Dame is not better in, in tackling in space, then yes, I agree it's not sustainable because if you're not getting home, that means that you have to finish plays when they're in front of you. And if you're missing tackles as well, like that's that's a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. Like you had you if you're gonna be a bend but don't break defense that is just kind of built off of being okay, like being sound up front and then blitzing from the second level a ton, you better be able to tackle in space. And if you don't, then yeah. that is definitely not sustainable. hundred percent right. agree on that end. Right. So we're going to, it's going to have to be there. And in, in, in this game, especially it's a, it'd be a great way to put this team away early is if you yes. can start, it's got to happen and they've got to find ways. And it's not even about sacks. I I've made this case. How many times, Ryan, what's the statistic that I put more emphasis on when it comes to disruptions, pressure, it, pressure it's, rate, it's, yeah. it's, and it's, but it's tackles for loss in the run yeah. game. It's ball disruptions you know, passes, defense, interceptions, that's actually been the a pretty good part of it where they've been, why they've been able to force so many incompletions is because you do have a lot of, of those type of plays. And that's my whole point. Imagine what you could do mm-hmm. if you actually, you know, were, were able to make some of those plays. I mean, Benjamin Morrison has, and Cam Hart has, have seven pass breakups already. They haven't been targeted that much to have seven pass breakups. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's really – I'll say this, right? I don't think people realize just how good Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison have been so far this season. I, I really don't. And, and Cam – Benjamin Morrison has been great. Yeah. He's given up eight completions on 18 targets – 44.1 yards per attempt, according to pro football focus. I actually think it's better than that because there's a couple plays where they give like no cover plays. It's just thrown to his side that he closes on as targets. It's actually been a little better than that. I'm going to have some statistics over the next week where I'm going to put that out. But Cam Hart's given up four completions on 13 attempts. In five games, the Notre Dame cornerbacks have given up 12 completions on 31 attempts. They've only given up 149 yards on the season. Like that's not a lot of attempts, and yet they have seven pass breakups between the two of them this season. Like, that's an exceptional. I mean, one of every four passes that teams try to throw on those guys, they break. Actually, it's better than that because Benjamin has a pick. It's it's a little over one every seven. One every four passes gets either picked off or, or broken up when they try to throw on those corners. Okay. That's outstanding. That's really outstanding. So yeah, they're gonna have to. They're going to have to play better, man. They're going to have to be more disruptive 
And um, yeah, we'll see if they're able to do it. So that's the keys to victory, Ryan. Special teams, just make your freaking kicks. I mean, <laughs> I'm setting the bar super low this week. Just make your kicks. Bryce I mean, that's it. keep doing your thing and right. be consistent as a field goal unit. Team. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And I'm stop just... trying to get cute and coverage on kick coverage. Just kick the stupid thing out of bounds. And you got a defense giving up 260 yards a game. Don't give teams short fields. Make them go yeah. 75 yards every time. Because if they do, Ryan, they're not going to score a lot on this defense. They're not. Don't get cute. Let them break a kick return back. Just kick the flipping thing out of the end zone. You know, and, 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 let's, and make let, let's let Spencer Schrader make like three or four in a row before I start hearing about how far he kicked the ball again. Seriously, like, I just want to hear. I don't, hear, I, just I, don't I don't care. Then here's what you do the next time you are attempting a 42 yard field goal, take like three straight delay a game so you can kick a 57 yarder and maybe make it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. I don't care about the distance, make the kicks. Yes, right? Make the kicks. So that's yeah. that's my keys to victory for special teams. Don't get cute make them make them go on long long drives and get, make your kicks that's it especially on especially against duke because i mean especially keeping it to longer fields for them because they're not an explosive team right, right? they're it's gonna it, they need to be a they need to have plenty of plays in order to move the football so keeping it right. to long drives would be very beneficial for this game 100%. right right because duke's duke's had five gains this year of, of over 30 yards in the run game which is pretty good, but they only have two in the past game. So overall, they're not a real good big play team. They've only had seven plays of 30 yards or more, and and almost all of that, at least half of that, came against Clemson. And they were on busted plays, right? So yeah. that kind of goes back to what you and I talked about earlier. It was it was mistakes as opposed to Duke. Wow, what a – I mean, look, Kevin Johns called those nice plays – to attack the Clemson blitzes and guys got turned loose. I'm not trying to take anything away from Duke. That was nice calls, but it's like, that's because you made a mistake. It's not guys going out there and just making crazy plays on, on guys. And that's the, that's the key to me. So that's going to do it for the keys to victory round. We're going to do our predictions next, but before we head over to predictions, folks hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. And if you have not done so, please sign up for the message board of boards on irishbreakdown.com. And we can continue some of these conversations about the stats and the data and these type of things on the message board.